Hey, welcome everybody to part two of our My Life Story series. And I'm so excited about this big summer series. It's been so much fun, quite honestly, even over the last week, to just see so many of you who are playing along with our hashtag three word story, the number three and then the word word and then story, hashtag three word story on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook to see so many of you who are in the moment of, in the moments of life, who are sharing your three word story with us and with everybody. And then uh, also some of you in, who are in the bigger moments and the bigger themes of your life, sharing those things. It's just been so cool to see so many of you doing that. And we're going to continue to do that all the way through uh, the weeks of this My Life Story series. You know, uh, I've been joking around over the last week or two that uh, instead of calling it my life story, calling it my wife's story. Because come on, man, we all, no, wait, no, no, do not raise your hand. Do not. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't raise your hand. Okay, so one of, I'll tell my wife's story. Uh, one of my uh, favorite stories to tell uh, that just always brings just the biggest smile to my face is a story that happened a couple years ago with my wife, Sarah. That, of course, if you've been around Next Level at all, you know me, and I just, I love baseball, and that is contagious. Uh, and so my wife, my kids, my mother-in-law, uh, just my, our stat, like, we, I just got to get everybody into baseball. Like, I just, I love watching baseball. And so uh, a couple of years ago, of course, this week, you know, is the All-Star Game and Home Run Derby on Monday night before that. And so uh, just a great week to be a baseball fan, kind of, you know, summer's pinnacle, if you will, is All-Star Week. And so a couple of years ago, my wife and I decided to take our two boys to uh, the All-Star Game, and it was in Kansas City, and I don't know why we picked Kansas City, but for whatever reason, we're like, boys, we're going to Kansas City, and we are, uh, you know, we're going to go to the All-Star Game, uh, and so we did the whole deal, and we, we, uh, we told our kids, kids, this is a once-in-a-kid lifetime, because I had to sell kidneys and body parts, like, like you know, it's one of those, and they're like, well, what does that mean, Dad, once-in-a-kid lifetime, and I'm like, that means that once-in-your-kid life, we will pay. If you ever want to go back to the All-Star game again, you have to pay. So uh, so a couple of years ago, 2012, we took our kids to the All-Star game. So we did the whole deal. We did both Home Run Derby and All-Star game. And so, you know, the gates open on, on the Monday of the, all, of the Home Run Derby. They opened three hours before. So, you know, my family, we got there four hours before because that's how we do. Because we don't come late. We go early to the game because if the gates open at three, three hours before, then we're going to be there before that. So we get there, and there's all these, you know, the best of the best of the best, right? They're all taking batting practice, a whole deal. Well, the two of the Tampa Bay Rays, who's our family's team, uh, guys had been elected to the all-star team. And so David Price, uh, one of our star pitchers, and then Fernando Rodney, who was our, our closer at the time, uh, were there. And so, uh, of course, we're all, you know, just in our Rays gear, you know, Rays up, like we are into it, right? And so, uh, so we're there, you know, and so my wife, I, I love my wife so much. She just, she is shameless. There's nothing in her. And so she's like, because those of you who know me, you know that I not only like baseball, but like my hobby inside of a hobby is getting baseballs at baseball games. Like this season alone, I've gotten, we, the people with me and, and myself, have gotten 33 baseballs this year already. 33. We got, I was at a baseball game on Friday night this past weekend. I, we got three baseballs there. Like we just, it's just, there's an anointing that comes. I don't want to try and over-spiritualize, but there's an anointing to get baseballs. And the people, that's why you're like, I want to go to a game with you. Well, how about you show me where the seats are and we'll talk. So, uh, so in that anointing is, it's not only on me, but it's on, it, it's on my wife and my kids and people with me and Mike asked, you know, like he can reach for, ball. like it's honest. So, 
Okay, so we're, don't give me a strike. So we're at the Kansas City, you know, stadium. And so uh, we're there batting practice, you know. So my wife is yelling at David. Way, David Price, Fernando Rodney, we're from Fort Myers. We're here from Fort Myers. Go race. Okay, so she gets their attention, right? Because my wife's good at getting people's attention like that, especially pro baseball players. And so she's like, throw us the ball. Throw us the ball. And so, because we saw Fernando had a ball in his hand. Well, he wasn't throwing. wasn't. And, and so then he, like, turns his back to us. And he goes like this and just throws it up over his head toward us. Well, of course, again, this is home run derby. There's like a million people in the stadium. And so, like, I'm about three rows deep, and my kids are in front of me, and then Sarah's in the second row in front, you know, and so and I got my glove on, and so the ball comes our way, you know, and so I reached for it, but it didn't get to me, or at least that's how I'm telling you the story. <laughs> it didn't get quite back to me, and, and so it tipped off a couple of hands, and it falls down to the ground. And the next thing you know, my wife, this makes me smile, <laughs> she is in the bottom of the dog pile. That's my girl. And I look, next thing you know, I look down and her feet are straight up in the air. And I hear like cat noises, you know, and next thing you know, like my wife is yelling. The next thing you know, my wife comes up and she's like, Woo! Got it. This is my wife's home run derby baseball right there. That is my wife's story. Woo! Here you go. I need that back. <laughs> I, I got to report home in a second. That's going to be important. <clears throat> so, so this, I love it. I, I love that this is my wife. No, my life story. So guys, this is part two. And this weekend in all of our services at both of our campuses, by the way, Gateway, what up? I know you're out there. Yes, welcome, man. Good to see you guys. It was so much fun being able to come out and greet and hang out in the foyer. Pastor Kyle and Jen just doing an amazing job. Again, you guys are unbelievable. What an awesome, awesome church east of the interstate, which don't tell Plantation that. That's, you guys got a good thing going on, Gateway. Okay, so this is part two of our My Life Story series. And this weekend, we're going to be talking about the story our church is telling. The story that our church is telling. Because, see, in the same way that every person has a story that God is telling in their life, so every local church has a story that God is telling through them as well. And for us as a church, let me back up our story a little bit, maybe for many of you who don't know our story. Uh, my wife and I were both born and raised in the Midwest in, in small town Indiana. And then 12 and a half years ago, January of 2002, we uprooted everything and moved here to Southwest Florida to start Next Level Church. And we didn't know hardly anybody. And I worked in a jewelry store and just we just tried to make it up as we went. And so, um, so, so we started in a little coffee shop with, with four people and grew that little group to 10 or 12, you know. And then we went to a movie theater. Then we launched publicly and, uh, on Mother's Day, May the 12th, 2002, with 35 people in the Bell Tower Theaters. And for four years, God sort of laid the beginnings of the foundation of Next Level Church. And then uh, after four years, we moved to South Fort Myers High School. And for the next five years after that, uh, God just continued to add to his church and add to his church. And, and as we look back over the story that God has told through our church over 12 and a half years, we can see that those first nine years were really foundation-laying years. 
that that was the foundation of what God wanted to then come out of the water with here in Southwest Florida to impact our region of the United States, our nation, and our world as well. And so then in uh, April of 2011, just over three years ago, we opened our plantation campus, and it was an existing church that uh, sold the, the facility and the property to us. We gutted it and added some square footage to it and renovated everything and uh, opened it up. And then, of course, you guys know that four months ago, March of this year, uh, we opened our Gateway Campus. And so it's been cool to see that like the first nine years were the foundation. And over the last three years, it's as if God has been assembling just a mass of an army of hundreds and now even several thousand of us who call Next Level Church their home here in Southwest Florida. And, and here's what I believe. I believe that when it comes to the, the story that our church is called to tell and that God is telling through Next Level Church, that the last three years have been about God amassing an army of people here in Southwest Florida who are poised and ready to take the message of God, the message of God's love, His grace, and His mercy to not just Southwest Florida, but to the four corners of our nation and the four corners of our world as well. And so it's interesting because literally the, the grand opening weekend of the Gateway facility, I had people coming up to me like the Saturday night before. We, we hadn't even had a service yet. And I had people coming up to me going, Matt, what's next? What are we doing next? And I'm like, me? Yeah, like us. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm going home for a nap. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to sleep, okay? But, but it's interesting because, you know, so many of you over the last uh, several months, you know, as we've gotten Gateway off the ground and just moving forward and seeing the lives that are being impacted here in Southwest Florida through both of our campuses now have been saying, you know, what's next? What's next? What's next? Well, here's the deal. About six months ago, God gave me some ridiculous insight and clarity into the vision and calling of our church in the next few years. And so what I want to do in the remainder of our time together this weekend is talk about the story that our church is telling. Talk about what I believe God's vision is for the next mountain that we as Next Level Church are called to climb here in Southwest Florida. And in order to do that, I want us to, to look at some parallels in the life of the Apostle Paul. So if you have your Bible or a smartphone with a Bible app uh, on it, would you turn with me to Romans chapter 1? Romans chapter 1 is where I want us to, to frame up and look and focus our time and energy for the next few minutes as we talk about this vision that, of the next mountain that God's called us to climb as a local church here in Southwest Florida. Because in Romans chapter 1, the Apostle Paul's writing a letter to a group of Christians, believers like us, a community of believers, in the city of Rome. And there are so many parallels between what the Apostle Paul was writing to them about and what God has called us to be about. And I want to show you that. Let's begin reading. Romans chapter 1 verse 1. If you don't have a Bible, that's fine. The verses will be on the screen. You'll be able to follow along there. No problem. Here's what it says. Verse 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. So he introduced himself. And he says, a servant of Christ Jesus. Called to be an apostle. And set apart for the gospel of God. Let me time out for a second. Let me pause. And, and talk about this. He says, okay, I'm, 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 this is Paul. I'm a servant of Christ Jesus. And an apostle, okay, well, what does that word apostle mean? Well, quite literally, the word apostle means sent one. One who is sent out. A, a messenger of a message. One who's on a mission. A, a mouthpiece. A spokesperson. And so Paul declares, I am Paul and I am a sent one. I am called to be a mouthpiece, a spokesperson for the message of God. 
Then for the next three verses, verse 2, verse two, 3, and verse 4, which we're not going to look at this weekend, uh, but basically Paul unpacks in those three verses some detail into the grace and mercy and love of God, that message of God that he, as an apostle, was called to be a spokesperson for. Then look at verse 5. Verse 5, he continues on and he says, through him, speaking of Jesus, through him we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. Now, let me again pause here for a second and call time out and draw our attention to a couple of things in the verse. Look what it says, verse 5. Through him we received grace and apostleship. Notice here that in verse 1 he says, I, Paul. But in verse 5 he says, we. Watch this. Paul wasn't just called alone to be a sent one, a spokesperson, a mouthpiece for the message of God. In verse 5 he says, we. Well, who is he referring to? He is referring to those around him. He's referring to his team, his staff, if you will. He's referring to every single person who identifies and lines up with his message, the message of Jesus Christ that Paul was preaching. Every single person who was in Paul's wake, if you will, who was influenced by Paul's voice, he said, all of us collectively, together, we as a community of faith, as a community of believers, are called together. And what were they called to? He said, we're called to grace which is the salvation part, yes, in Jesus Christ. But look what else he said. We collectively are called to what? Look at the word. Apostleship. Sentship. That Paul wasn't the only one who was called to be a mouthpiece and a spokesperson for the message of God. No, he said, every single one of you who, who I am privileged and, and honored to influence and who identify with this teaching, every single one of us are called to be spokespeople. Every single one of us are called to be sent ones. And then look at who he says they were called to be sent to. To all the Gentiles. To all the Gentiles. Now, wait a second. Who were the Gentiles? Well, in order for us to understand who the Gentiles were, we first have to understand how they identified people in their culture that Paul was writing to and living in in that day and age. That see, in that day and age, they basically categorized people in two categories. There were the Jews, the Jewish community, the people of Jewish descent, who were basically God's people, the family of God, the community of believers, those who believed in God. And then the other category of people was those who don't, non-Jews, unbelievers, those who weren't in the community of faith. And for those people, they had one generic label, Gentiles. So you had those who were in the family of God, in the community of faith, who belonged to the, we would call it church community. And then you had the Gentiles, Everybody else who weren't a part of the community of faith, who weren't a part of a community of believers, they were outside of the church. And Paul said, listen, I and all of us together, we are called to not only the church world, but we are called to reach the Gentiles, those outside of the church with the message of Jesus Christ. Now, let me say this. We, for 12 and a half years now, since the day we arrived in the state of Florida, and particularly Southwest Florida, 
have always had it as our aim that we as a church would be a church that would not simply be focused on the insiders, but we would be focused on those who are not a part of the community of faith as well. The Gentiles, Paul's word, that we would be focused on them. And listen, Next Level Church, that is our aim. That is our focus. But let me tell you specifically what God did in my heart about six months ago concerning this passage of Scripture. So in January, at the beginning of the year, uh, our pastoral team got together. And we, we felt strongly in our heart that we were supposed to enter into a season of 21 days of prayer and fasting. Now, we didn't tell a lot of people about this. Matter of fact, we made it our aim that as few people as possible would know. Or like, tell your spouse if you have to. But other than that, because we just believe that when Jesus said, hey, when you fast and pray, keep it quiet, we kind of believe that that's sort of what you're supposed to do. So we do it that way. And so for the first two weeks, we said, listen, seek God and find out, you know, exactly how he would want you to fast. And so some guys uh, fasted, uh, you know, social media. Some of them fasted all media. Some people fasted, you know, lunch every day. So we each were kind of the first two weeks were just, you know, do kind of whatever. And then we all agreed that the last five days of the fast, the last week of the fast, that what we would do is we would go water only. And we'd go straight up and just seek the face of God to set the foundation for this entire year coming up. And so it was the Sunday before the Monday when I knew we were going to start the five days of water only fasting. And it was Sunday afternoon, late afternoon. And I remember saying to Sarah, like, I don't know that I'm ready for this. And because like for me, fasting is not just about giving up food but it's about what are you seeking? So it's not just what are you giving up, it's what are you finding? And so, uh, and so I, she said, well, why don't you take off and you know, go, get organ- like, go, go get focused? And so, uh, so I took off and I went to Starbucks because where else would you want to go the night before you're not going to eat for five days? <laughs> Starbucks. And so I remember sitting there on that Sunday night and just saying to the Lord, God, what do you want me to do? Like, again, I don't, I don't want to just fast and give up food for a week. God, what, like, what do you, where do you want me to grow? Like, what books do you want me to read? Like, what part of the Bible? And I remember, how do you want me to pray specifically? So, like, I was being very aggressive in that, which is how I fast. And I remember the Lord just speaking and just, you know, making it clear on my heart. And this is what he said. He said, Matt, I want you to read the book of Romans, which, again, I've been doing this for 20-whatever years. Like, I've read the book of Romans literally probably a hundred times. And the Lord said, I want you to read the book of Romans, but I want you to read it for you personally. And I'm like, okay, great. So Monday morning, you know, breakfast rolls around and I'm praying, you know, and so it comes time and I open the Bible and I'm, I'm reading. And so I start reading Romans chapter one, verses one through five. And I read this passage. And in chapter five, or in verse five, when I get down to this, where it says what we just read, this through him, we receive grace and apostleship. The Lord in my heart just stirred me and impressed on my heart so strongly. If I've ever heard God's voice, this is what I feel like it sounded like. I know it was that Monday morning in January. And the Lord just impressed on my heart and said, Matt, in the same way that Paul was not only called to the church world, the believers, he was equally called to the Gentiles, the non-churched, if you will, as well. And the Lord impressed on my heart on that Monday morning in January of this year. And he said, Matt, that is you. And that is Next Level Church. You and your church, the next mountain you are called to climb is to influence the non-churched. And again, listen, Next Level Church, for 12 years, that has been our aim. That has been our focus. That is why we do everything we do. That's why the vision of Next Level Church is to create a place that people love, 
so they can experience a loving God. Because everything we do, every weekend environment that we create, all of our seven services at both of our locations, every kid's environment, our parking lot environments, our Wednesday night student ministry environments, our outreaches downtown, our connection group environments, every place we create, we want to do it with the lost and the, the unchurched, the non-churched, the not here yet crowd in mind. But this time in January, it was different. And the Lord spoke to my heart and illuminated for me a vision that has lived dormant in my heart for about 12 years. And he said, Matt, the time has finally come for you to go to not just the believers, those in the church, but for you to be an apostle, a spokesperson, a mouthpiece, a sent one, you and Next Level Church, to go to the business community. And Next Level Church, here's what I believe this means for us. God has called us to reach the business community of Southwest Florida. Listen, one of the largest unreached people groups in America today is the business community. Think about it. Men and women that you go to work with every single day, that work down the hall from you, that work on the next floor down from you, that, li that, that live four houses down and around the corner in your neighborhood. Every, every single person who has a job, who's not in a church, so to speak, is, is in the business community. Like, think about it. One of the largest unreached people groups in America today is the business community, business leaders, those who have influence in the business world in some way, in the marketplace is another term for it, in restaurants, in shops, in stores, in, in, in Fortune 500 companies, to entrepreneurs. That's what we're talking about. And the Lord impressed on my heart that Next Level Church, our next mountain to climb is not another campus. Not yet. The next mountain that God has called us to climb as a church is the mountain of going to the Gentiles, the non-church, those who aren't in the community of faith. Think about it. Some of the most successful, talented, and resourced people who could be game changers for God are functioning in the business world believing that, that their source of fulfillment and happiness and is, is contingent on the hours they work and the money that they earn and the, the, the things that they acquire. And though there's nothing wrong with that per se, that's not the end. And those of us who are in relationship with Jesus Christ know that. What they're missing is the gospel. They're missing the message that Paul was talking about, the message that we've been given, Next Level Church. And so I believe the next mountain that we as a church are called is to influence the business communities of Southwest, of Southwest Florida and ultimately of our nation. Paul talks about, he continues, verse 10, look. He said, I pray that now at last, by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. Guys, notice this. Paul prayed for a way to reach him. Paul said, I got to figure this out. I am seeking God because I want to reach those who are not in the community of faith. Listen, we as a church are not just called to make Christians better. That's not our call. It never has been for 12 and a half years, and it never will be for the next 12 and a half years, the next 1,250 years. That will not be the call of Next Level Church to make Christians better. Although that's a piece of it, Paul said, no, I'm praying for an opportunity for those who are not here yet. The ones who Jesus equally died for. That's who I'm after. So yes, we'll do this. But yes, we must do this. And Paul said, I am praying for a way to reach them. And here's the thing. 
Listen, the vast majority of churches in the United States of America today don't know how to reach and build bridges into the business community. Maybe it's because of intimidation or not knowing how or whatever, but the reality is most churches in our country today, you guys, don't know how to build an effective strategy for reaching one of the largest and most influential tribes in our country, in the world. But you know what, Next Level Church? We do. We do. A couple of years ago, God gave us a strategy to begin to build a bridge into the business community of Southwest Florida. And it's called Advance One Day. That's a strategy to take the message of God's love to one of the largest and most influential people groups in Southwest Florida. Let me tell you the history and the story of Advance One Day. We've been traveling around the country for several years, training and teaching pastors and other leaders who would come on church teams. We were at a a conference in Fort Worth that we were doing a one day with Matt Keller leadership, whatever it was. And Kyle Jackson, our our, our associate pastor, our gateway campus pastor, was with me. And we were talking late one night and he goes, hey, bro, here's the deal. You fly all over the country and we teach everybody this stuff that we do and they're blown away by it. He goes, when are you going to give our own business leaders in Southwest Florida a chance to experience this and learn this stuff? And I'm like, I don't know, I never thought about it. Well, that was the seed, the genesis that began this vision of what is now Advanced One Day. And so two years ago in the fall, we decided to fire a bullet. Jim Collins, who's a business leadership expert author, uh, wrote and he introduced this concept of fire bullets before you fire cannonballs. There you go, business leaders, there's one for you today. Okay, and, and so we said, well, let's fire a bullet before fire a cannonball. And so we said, we took our plantation campus and we said, we think we could put about 400 or so, a little over 400 business leaders in a room. And so on a Friday in the fall that year, two years ago, we said, let's go for it. And to our surprise and amazement, the event sold out in like two weeks, boom. And we had 430 business leaders, listen to this, over half of which had never stepped foot in Next Level Church, who do not attend our church at all, attend that day. And coming off of the back of that Advanced One Day event two years ago, we had so many people saying to us, what? Like, where do we get more of this? Like, you're helping our, you're transforming our businesses. And so last year, we moved the event to downtown to the Harborside Event Center. And listen, we had just under 700 business leaders, again, with 50% of them not attending Next Level Church. Come to a Friday, close their offices down, close their sales department down, and bring them and their team or whatever to downtown to the Harborside Event Center to listen to us talk about leadership and team development and culture and marketing and buzz and brand building. And, and we had close to 700 business leaders come to an event at the Harborside Event Center to listen to us talk about this stuff. Again, over half of them don't attend Next Level Church. Guys, one of the greatest outreaches we do all year is Advance One Day. What? 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 I'm getting to the three-word story right there. What, what, what? That's the three-word story. <laughs> and so, guys, this year, on Friday, October the 3rd, we're going back downtown to the Harborside Event Center. And listen to this. We now have space for over 1,000 business leaders to gather in that place in one day. And here's the deal. You got to have a strategy. Look, Paul had a strategy. Look at verse 11. He said, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. Here's the deal. The strategy is adding value. 
And this is something we not only teach churches, we teach this to business leaders as well. Business leaders, listen, the key to getting more customers, the key is to growing your business is not give and take and ask. The key is to add so much value that people eventually want to pay you for it. That's the key. Somebody, that's going to transform your life right there. Well, that, imagine that times eight hours. Like, that's what Advanced One Day is. Same jacket. Like, boom. Did you notice that? <laughs> I, but I look good in this jacket. Come on, somebody. Hey, hey. My wife's story, knock it all. Did you, did you catch it in verse 11? What did Paul say? He said, I long to come to you. Why? Not so I can take. Not so I can ask for something from you. Not so I can get something from you. Paul said, I long to come to you so I can impart something to you. Listen, the reason why churches don't know how to build bridges and aren't building bridges into the business community is because when they do, the business community is conditioned to think that all the church wants is something from us. But what we've done is we've created Advance One Day to completely flip that on its head. So Advance One Day is not about us asking for anything, just the opposite. It's about us adding so much value in leadership development and team building and culture, wisdom, practical insights. And we just pour it on and pour it on and pour it on. And at the end, we don't like bait and switch you. Like we don't add an altar call with five minutes to go and lock the doors. I had a pastor friend of mine, we were talking about Advance One Day, and I was sharing the vision with him, and, and he looked at me, and he goes, yeah, okay, that's awesome, but then, like, the last, five, like, do you share, like, do you preach the gospel the last five minutes? And I go, no. And we're walking through a hotel, and he stopped, and he looked at me, he's like, what? Really? I'm like, no. You know why? Because that's what that event is not, that event is not designed to do that. That we believe that it is ridiculously attractive to unchurched business leaders to say to them at a what, 30 or 30, what is it, 30 or 35, if you bring a team, that's a crazy low price point. Like every year we have people be like, dude, you guys are way underpricing. Yes, that's the point. Because we want to make it so you'll bring your whole team and then we'll just pack on the value for eight hours and at the end we're not going to spooky kooky and weird you. We're just not going to do that. That's not, that's not what the point, we think those who are outside of the church get in an environment like that. And you know what they do? They go, and we hear this every year after Advance One Day. You know what they say to people who are next levelites? That's our term for us. Well, listen, if they can be the Israelites, we can be the next levelites. <laughs> oh, buddy, I got to focus. Okay. Here's the deal. They, every year we hear people say, is this what your church is like? Like they teach like this on the week. Like this is to which next level church people go, yeah, yeah. It's relevant. It's practical. It's real. It's where we live. We have seen so many people begin, become a part of the life of next level church. No. Yes. And we have seen so many people put their faith in Jesus Christ and see their life, their kids, their marriage, their business transformed by the message of God, the message of Jesus Christ that Paul was talking about. And the entryway was advanced one day. See, I think it's possible that some of us right now, so hundreds of us right now who are listening to me right now, you're seeing faces of people in your mind who have said to you, I'll never step foot in a church and they won't. 
but they would attend a leadership event at the Harborside Event Center on a Friday in October. Guys, I'm telling you. Guys, I'm telling you. God's in this thing. God's in this thing. Verse 13, look what Paul said. He said, I plan many times to come to you in order that I might have a harvest among you. Here's the goal. Here's the goal. The goal of why we do this, the goal of this mountain that we're called to climb, which is to continue doing all of the outreaches that we as a church are called to do, but to begin focusing with laser precision on the business leaders of our city and of our nation. The goal is to reach people who would never be reached otherwise. That's the point of advance one day. That's why we do this, to reach people who would never be reached otherwise. Next level church, listen, God has called us to add value and reach business leaders across Southwest Florida in the years to come. And it starts this October. So I'm calling every one of you to leverage your influence, to purchase seats, to get your coworkers, your clients, your bosses there. I believe we can fill the Harborside Convention Center with business leaders, people of high capacity. And imagine what God can do. And Next Level Church, let me take it one step further. I believe that God has given us a model and a template that here in Southwest Florida is going to position us to minister to and impact and add value to thousands and thousands of business leaders here locally. But I believe then God's giving us a model and a template that we can begin to transfer over and teach other churches by the hundreds and eventually by the thousands to build bridges by adding value into the business communities of their city. Imagine it, Next Level Church. Imagine what's possible. Think of it. In the next five, ten years, if you and I, if God would raise us up as a church to train and teach and empower other churches to build bridges like this into their business communities, we're talking about hundreds of thousands, potentially millions of people could be impacted by this. What's the mountain that we're called to climb next level, church? This is the mountain. Look, Paul concludes, he says, verse 15, this is why I'm so eager. This is why I'm so stinking excited to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. Verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, Paul says, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone. Look, everyone who believes first to the Jew. To those who are in the community of faith, those who are, the, are believers, then to the Gentiles, Paul said, we are called to do both. And next level church, that is our call as well. So what's the action step coming out of the service that you're participating in this weekend at either of our campuses? Here's the action step. Number one, be there. Get there. Do whatever you got to do. Mark your calendar. Friday, October the 3rd, Harborside Event Center. Take the day off, schedule it in, call in sick. Well, if you invite your boss to come, he's going to know you're not sick, so that's not going to work. Get there. Number two, leverage your influence. Listen, teachers, if you have influence with other teachers, get them there. Administrators, if you have influence, leverage that. If you have influence that you can leverage in the media to get the word out about this Advanced One Day event, do that. Help us do that. Make those contacts on radio and TV and online, whatever the case may be. Leverage that influence. And then third, don't come alone. Guys, we're the base, we're the core, we're the foundation. But listen, God wants to use us to be the apostles, the sent ones, the mouthpieces, the spokesmen and women. 
to go get him. Those who are outside of believers and bring him to an event like this and let us add value like crazy to him and watch. <laughs> watch what God will do in their heart. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to leave right now in both of our foyers at both of our campuses. There are tables set up with kiosks and iPads where you can register, where you can go and get tickets today. And, and for you and your team or your friends, like, do it. Like, do it. Why? Because God has put a calling on us, Next Level Church, to be apostles, to spread the message of God to the church first, but also the Gentiles. Can we pray together? Come on, let's pray. Father, thank you that you have called us as a church to impact our culture. Lord, you want to use the church to lead and to influence the culture of a city, of a region, of our nation. And so, Jesus, I pray right now, God, that you would give us courage and boldness, that your spirit would empower us in the days, months, and eventually the years ahead, that we would become a leading voice to a nation to a region of Southwest Florida to take this message of your love through adding value to those in the business sector, the business community, the business tribe, if you will, of our cities. Jesus, we believe we can impact the world by impacting businesses. God, we truly do believe that when businesses get better, everybody wins. That when businesses get better, cities get better, families get better, Kids get better, schools get better, homes get better, churches get better. So God, as a church, we are committing to that vision this weekend. And then secondly, Father, I pray for every single person who's listening this weekend. God, I pray that you would put names and faces in our hearts and our minds. Help us to begin to see them and then give us open doors of courage and opportunity to go to them and say, hey, I want you to come with me to this advance. You got to get there. Jesus, we believe that the future of our city, the future of our jobs, creation, God, I pray for the businesses in Southwest Florida. God, I pray for the medical industry. I pray for the tech industry. I pray for hospitality and restaurant management, hotel management. Jesus, I pray for entrepreneurs and, and, and small business owners. God, I pray for Fortune 500 companies. God, I pray that the businesses of our world and our nation would be drawn and that, God, in the next decade, you would use little old Southwest Florida to make an impact in the business community of our nation and our world. Jesus, we will boldly go. We will, like Paul say, we are eager, God, that if you will open the doors, we will walk through them. So Jesus, anoint us, use us to be your apostles, your sent ones. Because God, we truly do believe this is the story our church is called to tell. Father, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody in every service who agreed said,